The 2023 Paranormal Perception Christmas episode is sponsored by Alien Soda Company. You'll find a variety of paranormal-themed items by visiting aliensodacompany.shop. Keep listening to find out how to save 10% off your order. Alien Soda Company, for all things out of this world. The show is also sponsored by Paralinked, the social networking site for paranormal pros and enthusiasts. Create a free account at Paralinked.com today. And we're also sponsored by American Ghost Walks. You can reserve a seat on the L.A. Haunted Bus Tour by visiting AmericanGhostWalks.com. This is the 2023 Paranormal Perception Christmas episode. This is where the tradition of telling Christmas ghost stories is alive and well. Not the same old paranormal, not the same old holly jolly Christmas. Welcome to the Paranormal Perception Christmas episode with Henry San Miguel and Crystal Arona. Hello, happy Christmas everybody. Welcome to this year's Christmas episode. Now if you just discovered a Paranormal Perception, welcome. You picked a great episode to start listening to us. When you listen to a paranormal show, whether it be a podcast, a YouTube channel, anything paranormal, you kind of have an idea what you're about to hear. I mean, Halloween, what don't you do on a paranormal show, right? But what about Christmas? I mean, you clicked on this, I'm assuming, because this is Christmas weekend and you saw it's the Paranormal Perception Christmas episode. How do we do Christmas on a paranormal show? Because Christmas is not really considered a spooky holiday. Not like Halloween. I mean, arguably, some of you might think that hosting certain family members, that's spooky. Or hosting, period, that could be spooky. But not not what we in the paranormal, not what we think of as when we think spooky. So how do you do Christmas on a paranormal show. Well, three years ago, I was trying to figure that out, and Eureka, we hit on it. Back in the 1800s, in the Victorian era, Christmas was pretty much Halloween. People didn't exchange gifts, they exchanged ghost stories. And uh, I'm not going to go into a full explanation as to why, but think about it, makes sense. It's winter, it's cold, dark, could be snowing, might be raining, windy, and you're huddled at home. No TV, no radio, no Netflix for sure, no internet. So what do you do after uh, dinner with your friends and family? You tell ghost stories. So it's a tradition, obviously, that isn't, isn't, isn't a tradition anymore today. Except here on Paranormal Perception. That's how we celebrate Christmas here on this show. With your help, some of the stories come from you, some from our guests, some from our staff, but it's all ghost stories. Not all the jump scare type. Some are pretty touching, pretty, pretty perfect, I would say, for Christmas. So I'm going to take this break right now. It's going to be a little bit of a little bit of a longer break than usual just to get him out of the way. So then sit back, relax. And we'll start the ghost stories on the Christmas episode 2023. Find a cozy corner, get comfortable, turn down the lights, and turn up the volume. 
In a moment, we start this year's Christmas ghost stories. Get ready for three hours of paranormal fun. American Ghost Walks presents LA's only haunted history bus tour. The Los Angeles Hauntings Bus Tour offers chilling tales from the city's dark history, including stories of the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, LA City Hall, the Cecil Hotel, and the Charlie Chaplin Studios. Learn about Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, the Hillside Strangler, and the ill-fated Black Dahlia, and many more stories of the dark side of the City of Angels. Book your bus tour today at AmericanGhostWalks.com. American Ghost Walks is in 25 cities across the United States and sets the standard for great ghost stories, exhausting research, and paranormal fun. Book your seats for the LA Hauntings Bus Tour at AmericanGhostWalks.com. What if demonic activity isn't as rare as you've been led to believe? Author and creator of Small Town Tales podcast, C.L. Thomas, shares her terrifying demonic experiences that forever changed her life and the way she views the paranormal. From disembodied voices to poltergeist activity, shadow figures, physical scratches, and illnesses to literally losing her entire livelihood, C.L. Thomas takes the reader on a personal and chilling journey that she lived through herself. Learn why the Hollywood portrayal of demons is not accurate and why a demonic infestation is more insidious than what you see in films. Dancing with Demons will be available in both print and digital the first week of October 2023. Order on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Signed copies will be available through clthomas.org. Dancing with Demons by C.L. Thomas. If you're tired of the endless scrolling and constant checking of your phone, then you're ready to lay your phone to rest. Introducing CoughPhoneCode.com, a coffin-shaped phone charger that lets you refresh your brain while your phone's battery recharges. The coffin-inspired charger has a plush, velvet bed inside and is available in a single plot, double plot, and the family plot, which fits up to four phones. You can choose a black walnut, white ash, and Baltic birch finish in either veneered or ebony. Visit CoughPhoneCode.com to pick your plot today. C-O-F-F-O-N-E.com. C-O-F-F-O-N-E.com. You don't have to bury your phone six feet under, but you can use this coffin-inspired phone charger to find more time for the things you really want to do. CoughPhoneCode.com. Lay your phone to rest. Do you have something to offer the paranormal community? Psychic readings? Investigations? Do you run a paranormal tour company? Maybe you print t-shirts or other clothing with paranormal-themed designs. Whatever your business is, if you want to reach a loyal paranormal audience, you need to take advantage of the year-end paranormal perception sponsorships. There are several levels available, from monthly, episode-specific, quarterly, or year-long. If you're a regular listener to Paranormal Perception, you've heard how much attention we give our sponsors. We'll do the same for you and for your business. Visit www.paranormalperception.show to learn more. Welcome to Paralinked. This is the social media platform for paranormal engineers, investigators, and enthusiasts. 
Paralinked went live in 2023 with the mission to allow the collection of paranormal evidence throughout the globe. Join your new colleagues at Paralinked.com, and you will become part of the premier paranormal community. It is the definitive home for online paranormal studies and irrefutable paranormal evidence. Where can you find paranormal and pop culture themed shirts, posters, coffee mugs, and more? Alien Soda Company. They feature shower curtains, LED gaming mouse pads, Hawaiian shirts, tank tops, and more, all with Ghost Hunter, Alien, and other unique designs. They add new items on a regular basis, so be sure to bookmark aliensodacompany.shop and visit often. No matter how many times you shop at Alien Soda Company, use coupon code PARANORMAL and you'll get 10% off your order. Visit aliensodacompany.shop and don't forget to use code PARANORMAL for 10% off your order. Alien Soda Company, for all things out of this world. Picture this. The year is 1843. It's hours before people get together to celebrate Christmas Eve dinner with family or friends. As the dinner winds down, everyone gathers in front of the fireplace as the winter storm howls outside. You're probably thinking, this is where everyone exchanges gifts. But not during this era. You see, In the Victorian era, the tradition of telling ghost stories at Christmas was alive and well. And now that you're all gathered here with us, we can continue that tradition. Thanks to stories sent in by you, our listeners, and also our guests and staff. So, sit back, relax, pour yourself another cup of hot cocoa or coffee, and prepare to share. Ghost Stories on Christmas. Uh, Hi everyone, it's Crystal Arona. Yes guys, I do have a Christmas reading for you, but not just yet. I heard that we're telling Christmas ghost stories and I have one for you right now. Lots of you are traveling this time of year and some of you are taking road trips. I have a scary story for you and this is the true story of the Highway 10 Demon Lady. This is actually my mom's legendary story that she would tell to our family growing up, but she did give me permission to share this story. This happened in the late 70s. My mom, her mother, and her two brothers were in a late night road trip from Arizona back to California. I think it was around midnight or shortly after, and they had to stop for gas somewhere, of course, in the middle of the desert, probably near Blythe, if you're familiar with that area. I'm guessing it was somewhere around there. The four of them were traveling in two separate vehicles. So my grandma and one of my uncles was in a car, and then my mom and her other brother were in the other car. They stopped at the gas station that was literally right off the highway, the famous 10 freeway. As they stretched their legs and filled up their gas tanks, a convertible car pulled up alongside them. 
a man was driving the car and his passenger was a woman. They asked if my family could tell them where the highway was. And my uncle, being the sarcastic person he is, rolled his eyes and pointed towards the freeway like 100 feet away. And he's like, uh, that freeway right there? The only one around here? And you can't really miss it. Without saying thank you or anything, the convertible car sped off, leaving a trail of dust behind as they entered back onto the highway. My family thought it was pretty strange, but they finished up at the gas station and a few minutes later, they got back on the road. Now, here's where it gets scary. By the way, have any of you been on the Highway 10 in the desert in the middle of the the night, like around midnight? It's actually, I don't want to say it's evil because nature isn't evil, but there's just this, I don't know, this dark, plain scary energy about it. And I've traveled that highway many times, so I I do feel like that. It's just kind of like you don't really want to be alone on that highway at that time of the night. A lot of times you are at that time of the night. So anyways, my family's back on the road and the passengers of each two cars were taking a sleep break while the other one was taking their turn driving. So grandma was driving her car in front and one of my uncles, the sarcastic one, was driving the other car. My mom, one of the resting passengers, woke up because she felt like someone was watching her. You know that feeling when you're sleeping, you just know somebody's looking at you. She felt that. And when she opened her eyes and looked out the window, she saw red glowing eyes staring directly at her. She noticed it was the woman in the passenger seat from the gas station and the guy was still driving the car. The lady appeared to be hideous looking and she had like stringy hair. She kind of looked like she was possessed. Her hair was dry and scraggly and flying in the wind. And she kept staring at my mom with an evil grin on her face from ear to ear. My mom pointed it out to my uncle and he was immediately frightened. They didn't have cell phones back in this day, so my uncle was flashing his headlights to get my grandma's attention. The convertible car then sped up and drove next to my grandmother's car and stared into their windows the same way. The lady was staring into the windows the same way they were doing to my mom and my other uncle. So, My uncle and my mom tried to catch up to the convertible and pass them up, but before they could do so, the car flew out of sight with incredible speed and disappeared off the Highway 10. My family's cars finally were able to catch up to each other, and they all rolled down their windows and yelled, Did you see that? They were all too shaken up and terrified as they confirmed, yes, indeed, they all had seen the Highway 10 demon lady hi i've recently become a big fan of your show um i've just been listening like every single day at work my name is chelsea and i want to tell you my story of when me and my husband rented a old farmhouse over a hundred year old farmhouse um in a small town called Saragordo. it's just about an hour west of springfield illinois um, the house was built before uh, 19th century, and it was actually moved by a really um, prominent lawyer in the region. Uh, it was right when they moved it, they moved it right next to the Saragordo Cemetery. And when we were looking for a house to rent, it was cheap, it 
was out in the country, you know, cornfield. The only neighbor was our landlord, and they were great. And, you know, we could look past the cemetery thing, and we did. Um, right after we moved in, we lived there for about two years. Right after we first moved in, we, the first thing that happened was my husband had a, a visa card that was prepaid for insurance purposes, um, for prescriptions, things like that. Anyway, he had just gotten a new one, and he lost it. He's like, I need it for this doctor's visit, and he's like, I can't find it. And I'm like, well, order a new one, we'll pay out the difference, blah, blah, blah. So about a month after he had lost it, we had forgot about it, we ordered the new car, we moved on. I was picking up our bedroom, and we don't keep anything under the bed. We don't store anything underneath there. You know, there might be some socks. That's about it. I look under the bed, and in the dead center of our queen-size bed in the middle was his Visa card. And I, like, had a shimmy underneath there, grab it out. I go downstairs. I'm like, Michael, what the devil? What, look, here's the card. And he's like, where'd you find that? I'm like, it was underneath the bed, in the middle of the bed. How the devil would it even get there? Nobody knew. After this happened, my aunt came through, blessed the house, stage, the whole thing, and it was quiet. Things started kind of stirring up, though, a little bit later. Life would turn on if it on by themselves. I would come home. Every single light would be on in the house. Even lights to, like, closet. Um, the reason I think that this entity might be a child is because what I'm going to tell you right now is that we had a chalkboard in our kitchen where we could write, you know, grocery list down and I had like colored chalk and the basement was just a cellar with just a washer dryer on it and the ceiling was an open ceiling so you could see all the cobwebs and wires and stuff and I was always very cautious because I had a cider drop on me once so I was always like looking up at it and noticing it just because I didn't want another spider to drop on me and one time I looked up and there are chalk drawings in all different colors of chalk drawings like in the rafters and I am just like doodle scribbles like little people I am just standing there I'm completely kind of frightened and we don't have children and I know that he didn't do that and I know that I sure as hell didn't doodle chalk drawings in the rafters and I grab the laundry go upstairs and I tell my husband, he's like, that's really weird. He starts kind of believing and seeing, you know, starts seeing the same things, like the lights, the faucets, things like that. Um, I was cleaning out my closet, and there was kind of a little hidden wall where I found more of the chalk doodles, and I found the actual chalk. There was like three different colors of the just little skinny sidewalk chalk, and it was in the closet. Like I said, we don't have any kids. We didn't do this to ourselves. Very frightening. Um, one day, my husband, he was doing laundry downstairs, and I wasn't home. And he walked down the stairs, was doing some stuff, and you could see uh, through the... There was no backing on the steps, so you could see straight through the stairs to the wall. And he looks over, and he sees a pair of bare feet standing on like the first couple steps like they're about to walk down and he's like what the? and he was like hello because he knew it was it's my feet my legs because he's like they were children's feet 
and he's like, I, he ran up the stairs and he grabbed the gun because, you know, he didn't know what was happening. He thought somebody had broken into the house. And I'm like, well, nobody did. He was frightened. And um, we never saw, but that was the first time we'd ever like seen, and the only time we'd ever seen like an actual apparition, if you will, um, was these children's feet that he saw. We did end up moving out when we decided to go back to the family farm for his family, and we moved to Quincy, Illinois, and we bought a house here, and we haven't had any apparitions, things. I mean, I haven't had any issues. Usually, like I said, I'm pretty in tune to things like that. But, yeah, that's my story of my haunted um, Derek Wardo, Illinois. Um, but I love the show, and I appreciate all you guys do and giving people an out something to share their stories with so people don't think they're crazy like everyone thinks I am when I tell them what we went through and that's my story. Hi, I'm Farla Ventura and this is my Christmas tale for you from my book Fairies, Pukas, and Changelings, a complete guide to the wild and wicked enchanted realm. The Scandinavian Christmas Troll. What young child doesn't love the din of Christmas? The lights and shop windows and holiday hum, a promise of bellies full of cookies and piles of presents. And when most of us think of Christmas, we think of a bearded man in a red suit, jolly and adept at delivering toys. We accept his magical elfin assistance and flying abilities in a way that goes almost unquestioned, chalking it up to the magic of the season. And when we think of holiday horrors, it is usually high prices or forgotten presents, perhaps a burnt Christmas ham. What would your children say if you whispered tales to them not of Christmas cheer and sightings of the elusive Santa Claus, but stories of a different kind of magic altogether? What if you told them that at the stroke of midnight on Christmas Eve, curious things happened? Wells run with blood, animals talk, Buried treasures are revealed in water, turns to wine. And if you warned them of witches that leapt from roof to roof, or ghosts that hung about the chimneys, waiting to visit them in the dark of the night, would they still anticipate the winter holidays in the same way? Early 20th century author Clement A. Miles was a historian and an amateur anthropologist of sorts. His 1912 collection, Christmas in Ritual and Tradition, Christian and Pagan, is not just a cross-cultural look at the origins of Santa Claus. Here you will find werewolves, bogies, and trolls. You will find curses and hexes, an imminent death, rituals of the dead, and goblin offerings. You will be warned of the devil and cautioned against laziness. Beware the Scandinavian Christmas trolls. They love to dance and drink through the night on Christmas Eve. If you are in Bavaria, take heed of the Berchte, a wretched bogey who cuts open the stomachs of naughty children. And at all costs, do not walk outside alone should you ever find yourself in Greece during the twelve days of Christmas. For there lurks the most horrid beast of all, the Kalkansari a horrid, half-human, half-animal monstrosity that plays tricks and ravages households, often leaving the occupants dead. Some say it is a mortal man transformed into a beastly creature. Others say it is manifested from the supernatural beyond. Miles writes, 
In the Scandinavian countries, simple folk have a vivid sense of the nearness of the supernatural on Christmas Eve. On Yule night, no one should go out, for he may meet uncanny beings of all kinds. In Sweden, the trolls are believed to celebrate Christmas Eve with dancing and revelry. On the heaths, witches and little trolls ride, one on a wolf, another on a broom or a shovel, to their assemblies, where they dance under their stones. And the mounts are then to be heard mirth and music, dancing and drinking. And on Christmas morn, during the time between cock crowing and daybreak, it is highly dangerous to be abroad. Happy Holidays! Hey everybody, my name is Sean Klen and welcome to a short story with Sean Klen from Sean Klen Shadow Productions. And yes, I did say Sean Klen like four or five times there, but I just want you to remember my name. <laughs> so this short story I'm going to be telling you is one of the things I learned on my travels in the paranormal world. It is, this one's going to be titled The False Face. So when you are a medicinal person or you're somebody that goes against the darkness and wants to help the innocent people in the world, one thing that I've learned is when you go against the darkness, never pray against somebody. Never go against somebody like that as far as for using their name, using their face, if you're going to be fighting for good. The reason why I say this is because one thing I've learned in all my travels with my brother as well as other medicinal people growing up is that when you're doing a ceremony, the spirits will tell you and show you the face of the person that's affecting you. They will tell you who's the one that's witching you and your family. But you have to be very careful with this because a lot of times Throughout all the years that good and evil have fought against each other, evil beings himself has caught on to these tactics of knowing who you are as far as an evil person witching you. So with this, you have to be careful because when you're looking into the crystal or you're looking into any spiritual objects that show you the person that is affecting you, you have to be a little worried. You have to be a little careful with that. Because sometimes the evil and the darkness that's out there uses a false face. One example of this is during a ceremony I went to with my brother a long, long time ago. One of my very first ceremonies I went to with him was a family was getting affected by an evil demon inside of their home. And during the ceremony, when you do these, a lot of times the lights are turned off. It's in complete darkness. And we called forth this demon that was in this home. And when it peered around a corner, this demon wore a face of a man that we knew that was very close to us. And I, we questioned and I looked at my brother. I was like, is that so-and-so? He's like, no. And then he told the demon, he was like, go back and come back again. Then that demon changed his face to a different person. 
the reason why we say be careful of uh, trying to identify the person that you're trying to see who's witching you is because those demons oftentimes take on the face of somebody who is not in the picture right now or could be an innocent person. So when you pray and when you go to try to go against these evil beings, you have to say, I'm going to send this evil and dark energy back to where it came from. You never name anybody specifically because there have been cases of where medicinal people would say, hey, go against so-and-so from this house. This is the person that's doing it. They would get witched and that, that darkness and that evil would get redirected to them when they're an innocent person themselves. So when we were doing that ceremony, this demon was a demon of greed and darkness. So my brother pulled out a rock of fool stone, fool's gold, and he tossed it into the into the light of the fire to entice the demon to come closer. And when it came closer, this demon wore the face of five different people all at once. And it was very, very, very freaky in my eyes because I've never seen anything like that. Even the family that was there participating in the ceremony saw this demon come out of the darkness and the shadow. And it was it was enticed by that evil, enticed by that greed of that gold. So when that happened, that's when my brother tossed out some of his spiritual items to be able to capture and encase that demon inside of there. But there wasn't just one. There was two demons inside of there. And the second demon was a demon of darkness and shadow. And I remember after that first demon was captured and encapsulated, we heard a woman cry. Then that woman cry turned into a baby cry. Then that baby cry turned into a male voice crying out. So we went into the room where those voices were calling out. And we turned on the light and the screams and cries stopped immediately. So after that point, that's when we knew we were dealing with a shadow spirit, a shadow being. And we took out our spiritual items that go against the darkness in that way. And we took care of business. So going back to this is when you do these ceremonies or when you show these, try to find out the evil beings that are there. Always be careful because sometimes they could be wearing a false face. So... There are demons out there that know of these things, and there are demons out there that know these tricks to be able to go against them, and they send those upon the innocents. So always be careful out there, everybody, for anybody who might be wearing a false face. This is Michelle from Southern California. Um, So something just happened this morning at five in the morning and I wanted to share it with you guys while it's fresh in my mind. Um, Again, this happened in Roland Heights. I think that town is really haunted. I was staying the night at a friend's house. He has a master bedroom that has a bathroom in there with a door and he always sleeps with the door locked and he I'm just giving you a background story so you guys could put it all together once I tell you what happened but um there is dogs in this house there's two little puppy dogs 
but they sleep in another room with his uncle and they're never allowed in my friend's room. So this morning I get up at five to get ready for work. He's sleeping, his door's locked, it's always locked. I'm in the restroom with the door closed, getting ready. Now he has told me in the past that he has seen same things in his room and that he always feels like somebody's watching him. And I'll probably share another story about him, but this is what happened this morning. So I'm sleeping. I've never I've been there for now like five months on and off. Never had any problems in his house before in his room. But I'm in the restroom getting ready and all of a sudden I hear scratching at the bottom of the door, like really fast, like desperately scratching. And I see like the paw, the paws of the dog trying to go under the door, like just trying to get in and like scratching under. So it's scratching the floor under the door crack and scratching the door. And it was like desperately doing it, like then really loud. Now it's five in the morning. I don't want the dog to wake up my friend. I'm going to call him a friend. I don't want the dog to wake up my friend. Or I'm also thinking he must have got up and gone to the kitchen and left his door open and the dogs got in. And he doesn't like the dogs in his room. So I'm like just looking at it happen while I'm putting on my makeup and putting on my eyeshadow. So just kind of looking at it and hearing it. I'm like, right, maybe I should get these dogs out of here. Maybe they got in and he doesn't know that they're in here. So I opened the door really quickly to rush the dogs out. But when I do that, there's, there's nothing there at all. And he wakes up because I opened the door pretty quickly and it made a noise. So he like sat up really quick and he's like, what's going on? And I go, the dogs. Were the dogs in here? He's like, no. And he looked at his door and his door is still locked. And I was like, I could have sworn the dogs were just scratching at the bathroom door. And that's why I opened the door like this. And he didn't look at me like I was crazy because he's seen stuff before. And he was just like, oh, he just kind of nodded it off and rode over and went back to sleep. And I just said, okay, well, hopefully you bless your room because I'm coming back tonight and I don't want to, I don't need nothing clawing at me in the middle of the night. But that was really creepy. I don't know what it was. Um, last night he and I did get into not an argument or a fight, but we're kind of in this one foot in, one foot out kind of relationship and I wanted answers from him as to what he wanted. <laughs> And I got really emotional, so I don't know if it's because I was emotional that I was opening a door to where something was trying to get at me or what. But like I said, I've been there five months now on and off, and I've never had an experience. But this thing clawing at the door, bathroom door, and trying to get in, and I saw the paws. I saw the paws. Like, it went through the bottom crack of the door, like, clawing at the bottom floor, trying to get in. And it didn't scare me because I thought it was the dog. But it did trip me out once I opened the door and I realized his bedroom door was still locked. But um, I have just one really quick one. I have to go back into work now. But um, I don't know if you guys have any answers to the being clawing at the bedroom, at the bathroom floor. <laughs> Gosh, at the bathroom door. Um, please give me some answers to that and why it kind of looked like the dog that they have. And it wasn't, though. I don't know. That just tripped me out. But keep doing what you guys are doing. 
thank you for letting me share and have a place to vent all my experiences and not feel like I'm crazy. Talk to you guys later. Bye. This is Mike Huberty, the owner of American Ghost Walks, with haunted history tours across the Midwest, California, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, and coastal Maine. Today I'll be telling you a ghost story from our Chicago Christmas tour, The Christmas Tree Ship. It was the same year that the mighty Titanic met her tragic end, 1912. But the frigid waters of the Atlantic weren't the only ones to claim a vessel that year. For deep in the heart of the American Midwest, on the vast expanse of Lake Michigan, another maritime disaster was about to unfold. The Rouse Simmons wasn't just any schooner. She was better known as the Christmas Tree Ship, or the Santa Claus Ship, delivering a bounty of pine and evergreen trees from Michigan's northern forests to the eager citizens of Chicago each year. But in November 1912, she embarked on a voyage from which she would never return. The ship's captain, Herman Scheunemann, and a crew of 16 brave souls set sail from a port near Manistique, Michigan, on the afternoon of November 25th, aiming to reach Chicago in two days' time. Little did they know that they were sailing straight into the pages of history. As the author Jay Gorley recounts, the Rouse Simmons was seen flying distress signals off the shore of Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, but she was moving too fast and the weather too foul for a rescue attempt. A message was sent to the next station down the line, but by the time a rescue boat made its way into the tempest, the Rouse Simmons was shrouded in a thick cloak of mist, and then, just as suddenly as she had appeared, she vanished. In the days that followed, the grim flotsam of Christmas wreaths and trees watched ashore, but of the ship and her crew there was no sign, save for Scheunemann's wallet, found a decade later in a fisherman's net. Theories about the ship's fate abound, but the truth remains as elusive as the phantom ship that some claim to see still sailing on Lake Michigan, her sails in tatters. In the end, it wasn't until 1971 that the Rouse Simmons was found, her hull and the Christmas cargo preserved in the icy depths. Today, artifacts in the ship are on display, a silent testament to her tragic voyage. But perhaps the most poignant reminder of the Rouse Simmons can be found far from Lake Michigan, in a cemetery just west of Chicago. There, the grave of Captain Scheunemann's wife is said to be forever infused with the scent of pine needles, a haunting echo of a ship lost to time and the Christmas spirit that she once brought to the people of Chicago. Uh, a Friday night. It was about uh, it was three o'clock, three a.m. in the morning. I was fast asleep when, all of a sudden, my sister's voice, who had passed away two years before, she said, "Gary, in my ear." So I, I woke up vertically, thinking, "What was that?" 
Then as I said that, I looked up and I saw the biggest white horse, all in uh, medieval armor, and uh, a skeleton figure dressed in armor. He had a crown, a bow, the biggest sword I've ever seen in my life. And he was just hovering above me. And I just, I was in shock. I didn't know what to do. I got emotional. I thought it had come to me. I thought my time was up. I thought, that is it. My life's finished. This is re repercussions for maybe things I've done when I was a bit younger. I jumped out of bed and it was still there. For 30 to 45 seconds, it was just there staring at me. The horse didn't move. It, uh, the skeleton just drew his sword and put it up in the air. I, I started crying. I was physically in, a, in an emotional state. I picked my mother's Bible up and started to say the Lord's Prayer. But nothing happened. And 30, 30 seconds to 45 seconds is a very, very long time to crying. I just couldn't stop crying. All these thoughts were going through my head. That's it. I'm never going to see my family again. I'm never going to see no one again. I fell to the ground on my knees. Still reading the Lord's Prayer. Very emotional. Then it, it just disappeared that quick. And I, I just didn't know what to do. My partner at the time lived upstairs. So I, I, I run up to her place and I explained what had happened. And she's a non-believer and she did not accept what I said. She just said, oh, you a dream. I said, honey, I was awake and I know exactly what I saw. For a good week, I couldn't sleep. I kept thinking it was going to happen every night. Then I bumped into a lady that I knew was into spiritual. She went to spiritualist church and all that. And I sort of asked her, well, I really, I told her what I said. And as calmly as I said it, she said, pick your mother's Bible up and go to Revelation chapter six. Well, I run home, pick my mum's Bible up, read chapter six, and it's when God releases the four apocalypse horses. And the white horse, exactly as I saw, the Bible described exactly what I saw. The white horse, the man, the crown, the hat, the bow, the sword. And he had, his reason for it was conquer to conquer. Then there was a black horse, a grey horse, and other horses. And I didn't really understand what was what it meant because it hadn't sunk in.
Then about a week later, I realised, apocalypse, that's the end of the world. And I just had so many thoughts going through my mind. I was still so scared. This was the early part, although I was told I had a gift when I was sick, because it runs in my family. But I'm the only man in the family that it's ever been passed down to. It's always been my great aunt, he's my nan. Always women. I come from a, a Romany background. Well, my ancestors left northern India late in the 1800s. They got to Persia and they went north, south, east and west. And so have, at the time, that when this happened, I thought, well, I just wish I hadn't had this kid. Because I didn't know how to react, I didn't know what to do. But the more I, I understood, the more I read it, the more I understood. Out of the four horses, we were the really bad one. But to this day, I, I, I still think about it. And it gets me through a lot of bad times. As a paranormal, there's always yin yang, there's always good, there's always evil. To me, it always seems to be You got it, the hardest thing was it was there for that long, 35, 30 seconds, 45 seconds of a very long time. I hope people, if they listen to this, understand that. That's all I can really say about that, that time, Henry. It's just a fright, most frightening time of my life. Yeah, this is Gary, and I wish everybody a really happy holiday and a happy new year. Hey, Henry, Ryan from Paranormal Triage, here with your spooky story for your Christmas special. So we've got uh, three kids 10, 4, and 2. And we've had a lot of activity in our house. We've captured some of it. Manifestations, orbs, different feelings. A lot of kind of strange stuff happens in our house. So, time frame about a year ago. um, The kids kind of waking up for no reason crying for long periods of time, scared, unconsolable, both the girls. Um, Different times, you know, one might have that happen, and then two hours later, the other one. Kind of just strange things like that going on. Um, Strange feelings throughout the house. Well, one night, my wife uh, works out of town. She was gone. It was just me at home with the kids. In bed, super early in the morning, roughly two o'clock in the morning. And I'm woken up by one of the girls crying. And it kind of startled me out of bed because it sounded louder than normal. Because we have a baby monitor, it's on the nightstand. But this sounded like it was coming from the hallway. So I get out of bed quickly, open up my bedroom door, 
and right, standing right there is the youngest one at the time about one years old look over down the hallway and I can see that her bedroom door is open and that kind of was like caught me off guard like what the heck's going on so I pick her up and console her go back into the bedroom I see that her sister who's older than her is still in bed uh, just out asleep not even phased at all well makes me wonder how did that door get open how did she get out in the hallway She's one years old. At that point, she could not turn a doorknob and open the door on her own. She tried, wasn't able to do it. Her sister can do it, but her sister was asleep. So how did she get in the hallway and what was causing her to be so frightened? Kind of threw off my spidey senses there. You know, that gut feeling of something's just kind of strange. Anyway, it took me a while to get her calmed down and back in bed. I had to sit with her for a while. Finally got her calmed down. But to think about it, kind of creepy that the door was open and she was out in the hallway. Kind of didn't make sense other than strange things have been going on in our house. Well, a while after that, we had our house cleansed. And every once in a while, she will just stop what she's doing and look over at the ceiling in the direction of the hallway and just wave her hand, say hi. Even when she's in the middle of watching TV, she'll just stop what she's doing, look over, say hi. Very strange. Not sure what to think about it, but just that, like I said, spidey sense, creepy gut feeling of just not like jump and startle scare you, but that kind of deep into your bones kind of creepiness and the fact that she waves at the ceiling still to this day is a little bit strange well I hope that was a good story for you and happy holidays to everybody This is Sabrina Marie and Teresa Muzzi from Two Realm Paranormal, and this is our Christmas ghost story. It started when we went to visit a museum, and we met a World War II pilot named Rob. We did not go there for anything paranormal. We just went there to have a nice day in Grofton history, and all of a sudden, being the medium I am, this man rushes me from a plane. When I turned around, I saw this pilot in full uniform and he was asking you know to talk to him to help him now mind you i'm in the middle of this huge crowd of people and i'm trying to figure out how in the world can i help this man without anybody knowing what i'm doing because that that would have been pretty frowned on in this kind of museum i did what i could and i thought that i moved him on But later that day, we found out that when we left, we didn't leave alone. Rob came with us. When we got home, things started happening really quickly. We opened the spirit box and started talking and trying to communicate and figure out who this person was that we were smelling and hearing and feeling around us. And this man came through and said his name was Rob. And he named the plane that he was involved with. 
I decided to research the plane and I found that there was in fact a pilot named Rob that was with this plane and there were even pictures of him. And this was exactly the man that I saw in this museum that were in these pictures. He didn't stay attached to me very long. He decided that he wanted to be close to my mother and become her protector. Which was really nice. It was nice to have this man around, actually. He, um, at the time, was going through a lot of problems in the building that we were living in. And knowing that he was there was a very comforting feeling. I could feel his energy. And it was, it was an amazing, protective energy. And when he wasn't there, things got very uncomfortable. It was so nice to have him there, but it was not fair to him to be my protector. So I kept trying to talk him into moving on, but he didn't. And when we moved from there, we thought maybe he either stayed there or he moved on. But we found out different. He's here. I had asked a psychic to do a reading for mom because she was going through some things. And right off, the psychic picked up on Rob still being around her, just much quieter, protecting her from a spirit that kind of is a jerk here in our new place. So Rob has still stayed with her and has still been her like spiritual big brother, her bodyguard, and refuses to leave her. And it's really nice to have him here. And, you know, he is welcome in my home for as long as he chooses. Uh, When he's ready to move on, he's welcome to move on. Um, Until then, we have a guest. And he's family. And, you know, I thank him for, for protecting me and being that comforting energy that, you know, at times I really do need. One of the reasons I wanted this story to be the one that we told is because most attachments are seen as negative. Now, this isn't saying go out and get an attachment. Don't do that. But there can be really positive, protective attachments in your life. But we only focus on seeing the negatives on, you know, paranormal TV shows and stories. But Rob has been such an amazing protector and such a wonderful attachment to have. And we really wanted to focus a little bit on that positivity that comes with some of these. Rob is like a, um, a, a light in my life. He's that, um, for some reason, he seems to know when I'm down. He seems to know when I need that extra comforting energy. There is a spirit here that does tend to um, stand by my bed and makes me very uncomfortable. I've seen him, a full apparition, and he, um, he's, since Rob's been around and protecting me from him, he hasn't been here as much. So he, um, he kind of, it's nice. It's just nice to know that the spirit that's standing beside my bed now is someone I consider my family. 
Even though he's not blood, he's still family. And he's always here and always welcome. So that's our paranormal story for this year's Christmas episode. And we want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a happy, happy new year. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, however you say it. Have a wonderful time. This is Aaron Dill. I have at least three supernatural experiences uh, in regards to my grandparents. Now, in 1988, my grandpa died December 22nd. He was sick for a very long time. So it wasn't unexpected. Um, But since it was right before Christmas, it was really very sad and very sad for me to have lost him. And within maybe a couple of days after he died, um, you know, when you take a shower and you take a hot shower and you have uh, steam on your, uh, you have steam condensation on the mirror. Um, and generally I would of course take a, a towel and rub that off and just so you know you could I could see me back in the mirror um, I don't know if it was that night or maybe the night after but I recall in you know the, the bathroom is still you know a bathroom is generally still steamy after you you rub off all, all that condensation I think within a short period of time it started you know clouding back up a little bit and I noticed that there was a shape of a cross in the middle of the mirror. And it was kind of, you know, sideways. It wasn't a straight, uh, it wasn't a straight upstanding cross, but it was kind of a sideways cross, cross beam. And I don't know, I felt like that that was a sign from my grandfather saying that everything was all right. And the interesting thing is for maybe a month afterwards, after I take a shower, that uh, cross was still there and now admittedly I didn't I could have probably have rubbed it off if I wanted to, to you know rub the, the condensation off uh, rub the mirror off and clean it a little bit better I probably could have been able to do that, do that but I didn't want to do that um, and I even went back like maybe months later to try to reproduce it to see if it was something that I did the way that I rubbed the mirror off and I wasn't able to recreate it um, in the way that it appeared so I still think that it was my grandfather from beyond the beyond giving me a message of message of love let's say now in 1993 my grandmother died of cancer and she was diagnosed with cancer a month before she died and it was quite sudden and quite sad. Literally within a week after she died, uh, me and my parents were at her house, you know, cleaning, cleaning a few things out and the TV set blew up in the, in the living room and it blew up in such a way, you know, the, back then the picture tubes w- would blow up in these, these older TVs and thick black smoke was coming out. And so we had to quickly wheel it outside because it was just so thick that was coming out. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever uh, kind of gas that they put inside of those big, heavy picture tubes um, back then. But basically, the TV blew up. It's almost as if the TV gave up the ghost after my grandmother, because that TV was always on. 
and she always was watching that you know that TV and it's a TV that she got when she retired in 1984 from the TV station that she worked at so it's almost as if I don't know the electronics were saying goodbye <clears throat> a week after my grandmother died to the day and to the hour I was at her house by myself and the phone rang directly at noon and I thought that's strange that somebody would be calling uh, I mean I guess it could have been a wrong number I mean people know that you know obviously it wouldn't have been family that was calling um, so I picked it up and there was nobody on the other end now that could have just been you know nothing a salesperson who might have just hung up but I just didn't feel like that because I noticed that it wasn't completely it kind of there was kind of like an airy uh, an, an airy sound on the other end like somebody had was on the other end that you could hear some sort of room sound but there was nothing and I said hello and later hung up but the interesting thing like I said it was one week to the day to the hour that my grandmother had died and I feel like that was just another clarification of just letting me know that she's alright was thinking of me and I don't know it's hard, hard to explain. The last example I have, it, it happened to my mother, and this was maybe about five years ago or so. The phone rang, and she was just coming into the room to hear the message because the, the answering machine pe picked up, and she thought she heard uh, my mother, somebody calling my mother's name, and she was repeating my mother's name in a, you know, and it was a woman's voice. And she said it sounded like it was my grandmother, the one who died in 1983. And she was saying my mother's name. And by the time she got up to the phone, I mean, it had, it had hung up. And it sounded concerned. Her voice sounded concerned uh, on the other end. The interesting thing is that the, the answering machine did not save the message. So it wasn't something that she could play back to me. It was just, or anybody, it was just something that she told me. And this was at the time where my grandmother's younger cousin died. Just within the day, a day or two, or right around that time. My, my mother didn't know anything about it. But it's almost as if she, whoever that was and whatever that was, it was letting my mother know that um, her cousin had died. And her cousin was, oh, probably in her late 80s. Uh, and she had died unexpectedly as well. So that's it. Those are my stories. It's just proof of the supernatural and the unexplained and the great beyond in the spirit world or the heavenly realm. That's it. Hi, this is Sandy. Um, you may remember me from the Halloween uh, storytelling episode. Um, I called in about my grandmother's uh, home over here in California. Uh, and I guess you're wondering, how is she always getting on? Well, I'm part of the um, crew behind the scenes, so I'm always around. So um, I have some more stories for you. Um, so for my grandmother's house, uh, I asked a couple of my cousins and they came through with some stories. Uh, first off, um, 
one of my cousins, she had mentioned that she was spending the night. And um, so she was spending the night in this one room where uh, the bed is pushed up against the window. So that would mean from the waist down, that was right below where the window was. And then waist up was away from it. So um, just to kind of give you an idea, like how she was set up. And she, I guess there was a point where she woke up in the middle of the night and she heard the the blinds rattling at the bottom, like just out of nowhere. And, you know, she looked around like, at you know, like see if anybody else was w- waking up and hearing this. So she was just kind of like letting it rattle. And she's like, oh, my gosh. So she kind of looked and she kind of sat up, looked and uh, she thought maybe the window's open. The wind, you know, wind's coming in. And she looked and like, oh, no, it looks like it's closed. So, so she, um, so she was just like super scared. And then she said she felt this cold sensation kind of overcome the top half of her. And she's like, that doesn't make any sense because, you know, the, from the waist down, that's where my body is under the window and I'm feeling cold from the waist up, you know? So she just couldn't really kind of put it together in her head. So she kind of just covered herself and was just hoping <laughs> it would go away and it would just stop. So I guess eventually she fell asleep and woke up and she's like, did you hear anything in the middle of the night? And nobody else did. And, you know, so she was just kind of like, they <laughs> got kind of a boggled her mind. But um, uh, yeah, like I've had several cousins go through my grandmother's house. And it's just, you know, like I said, uh, in the previous, in a previous episode, um, it was basically homes put over a graveyard and I don't think they removed all the bodies. So, um, there's a lot of things that kind of happen. And, um, my other cousins mentioned spending the night and saying that they would hear the dishes in the kitchen rattle just kind of randomly in the middle of the night and, um, just kind of hear walking, you know, through the little, through the house, uh, because there's the hallway, that leads into the kitchen that leads into the living room. So they would kind of just hear constant walking, um, you know, from constant walking throughout the night from time to time. And, um, I had one cousin in particular, she had mentioned that she was laying in bed and that she felt somebody touch her back. And she was like, Nope, I am not opening my eyes, keeping them shut, just letting it go away. So, um, yeah, a lot of, um, things have kind of happened in that home. Um, and, Actually, another story uh, comes from my dad, who actually, he didn't really live in that house, but he, um, he just didn't want to, he doesn't want to hear about any of those ghost stories. Like, uh, as I mentioned in the previous episode, uh, my dad is not about ghosts. He doesn't want to hear them. He's afraid of them. So uh, this is actually a story from his life when he was growing up. Um, This is actually for a little bit of that Christmas spirit. Um, So when he was younger, um, about 10 years old, and this was like in the 60s, he, my great-grandmother would send lunches to workers in um, a couple of cities over. And so my dad would have to basically pack the lunches up on his bicycle, put like a bunch of bags, heavy bags on either side of his, um, his bike on the handles, and just basically ride five to six miles to the next city. So, you know, when you think about it, you know, maybe five miles for the re- uh, regular cyclist or runner, it's not that long, but for like a 10-year-old kid um, where the land is basically still being developed and it's just lonely roads, um, it's kind of scary. So one day, my dad was making his deliveries 
and he, I guess, took a shortcut, or his regular route was like going along the river, the LA River. So he was riding his bike, as he usually did, and I guess uh, he kind of zigged when he should have zagged, and his bike kind of fell into a ditch that was covered, you know, had a, a good amount of water in it, and he fell into it, and in a way that his bike fell on top of him and basically trapped him under because the lunches on his um, handles were so heavy, it was basically trapping him underwater. So he's just like panicking, trying to get himself up, but these lunches are filling up with water and it's just getting so heavy. So he's just kind of panicking and, you know, I guess he's just like, you know, I don't know, his mind is kind of just slowly either giving up or he's just like, you know, he doesn't know what to do. And then he said that suddenly this one man pulled his bike up out of the water. And when he did that, he, my dad kind of got a, caught a quick glimpse of him. He had mentioned that he was kind of like a, a slightly heavyset man, blonde hair, blue eyes, picked him up out of the water and, you know, basically, okay, like, you okay? And my dad was just like, okay, like, I, I think I'm okay. And he looks around to, like, see where the man is, just gone. And my dad was like, where did he go? He couldn't have just walked off. I mean, there's river and, you know, how could you just like, I could have seen him walking away. And so, I don't know, who was it? Not sure. A guardian angel? Maybe. I'd like to think so. But if it, <laughs> I guess if it wasn't for that man, then I wouldn't be here. So, <laughs> so I kind of like that story. It's kind of a heartwarming story for uh, Christmas time. So, um, you never know. You never know who's around you looking, looking out for you. So, that's um, a couple of my stories. And um, I'm going to try to collect some more to tell you guys. But, um. Thank you so much, and happy holidays. Hello, my name is Kat, and I've had a few experiences in my room. Um, the first experience I've had was that um, I remember lying in bed. Uh, I couldn't sleep, uh, and around, I, it, was, it was still dark, and I, and I just remember um, lying down in bed with my eyes closed, and suddenly there was like this bright light and you know it's the type of light where you could see it through your eyelids and so I just sat up in bed looked around my room and my room was completely lit up in white light and whatever it was was outside my bedroom window and the thing is that my bedroom window was completely closed with the curtain shut and everything but the light was inside my room penetrating like if somebody had just turned on a really bright light and whatever it was that was outside started I guess ascending up into the sky because the light in my room kind of just melted down to like a black till it was completely dark in my room and whatever it was did not make any sound like I remember it didn't there was no sounds at all I couldn't even hear like traffic or anything on the street and um, I remember getting up in the morning and asking my mom about rocket launches or something like satellite launches and she didn't she said I don't think there was any mentioned on the news so um, I couldn't explain what it was in addition to that I've had other experiences in my room um, 
I, I, these were, um, I've woken up in the middle of the night, um, and I've seen people in my room. Um, well, one was something that looked like a shadow person. I just, uh, I just woke up and I see it like on my wall. Just, it just vaguely looked human-like. It was dark and it was like, um, like a shadow against the wall, just slowly going from the bedroom window, you know, close to where I was in my bed. And uh, another time I had woken up where um, I, I there was a, like a man standing over me with his arms crossed and staring down at me. And he looked like he was wearing like a beanie, uh, glasses and like a plaid shirt. And he was just like staring at me and I thought somebody had broken into the house and I literally just grabbed my pillow and tried to punch him and uh he it's almost like you know hitting air so I mean he was like there one minute and gone the next and my last experience was that I woke up same same thing I woke up in the middle of the night and there was a nun coming towards me and she was wearing like white I believe they're called a habit, like the hair covering and like a gray, I guess, where the like the shirt or the whatever they're wearing. And she was like coming towards me. And I, you know, I just stared at her and with like, you know, I was scared. And, you know, she didn't acknowledge me and she just kind of came towards the right side of my bed and just disappeared. And that's it. I can't explain what these things are. Uh, I don't even know if they're paranormal things, but um, they're still pretty scary. My name is Jennifer and I am from New South Wales in Australia. Um, I've been a listener of the show for quite some time. Um, I had a period where I was um, not listening to the podcasts because I wasn't travelling as far for work, but I've got back on it and I've been listening to all the older episodes. Um, I wanted to share one of my stories from when I was a child. Uh, just a bit of background, um, my mother and my grandmother both have always had um, paranormal experiences and uh, quite a sensitive nature to paranormal activity um, and my brother and I I guess inherited that. Um, one ghost story that sticks with me particularly was when I was around about 10 years old and um, one night, uh, just to give you a bit of an idea, uh, my bedroom door faced my parents' bedroom door and my bedroom was also next to the kitchen and then our lounge room was through the kitchen past that. So one night my parents had a little bit of an argument and my dad had been drinking a bit too much um, and when they went to bed my mum asked him to sleep on the lounge in the kitchen which is next to, uh, sorry, on the lounge in the lounge room next to the kitchen. So this was around about 11 o'clock at night, everyone's gone to sleep and the house is all quiet. Um, around about 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning, 
I got up to get a drink of water. So I walked out of my bedroom, I turned right, and then I turned right down the hallway into the kitchen. Now our kitchen was pretty big and it had a massive skylight. So the light from the moon was actually lighting the kitchen. So I didn't really have to turn any lights on. Um, I opened the fridge, grabbed a bottle of water, had a bit of a drink and I could hear some noise behind me. And I turned around and the light of the fridge and the light from the, um, the uh, moonlight kind of lit up my dad. And my dad was in the lounge room and he was leaning over the bar looking for something. Or what I thought was my dad anyway. I called out to my dad, I said, Dad, you know, uh, what are you looking for? And he just kept rummaging and he was kind of standing on his tippy toes and he kept rummaging through what he was looking for and he, he's like he didn't hear me and I was like, Dad, like, what are you looking for? And I thought, oh, he might still be a little bit drunk so I'll just leave him. So then I put the bottle of water back into the fridge, closed the fridge door and I walked back to my bedroom. As I went to open my bedroom door, I could hear snoring in the room across from mine, which was my parents' room. And I thought, that's really strange. The only person who snores is my dad, and he's in the lounge room, because I saw him a second ago. And there's no way my dad could have got past me. Um, you know, like, there was only one hall back to our bedrooms. So then I just quietly opened my parents' bedroom door, and my dad was asleep in bed with my mum. I instantly got goosebumps and I threw my back to the wall and kind of slid my way back into my room. It took me a long time to get back to sleep, uh, but the next morning when I woke up, I told my mum about it and she thought it was really funny and said, it's probably your Papa Martin. Now, I never met my Papa Martin. That's my dad's father. He died when my dad was about 16 years old from a heart attack and my dad actually didn't see him the morning he passed away because he was staying with his grandmother at the time because he was working in the city. And uh, where we live is near the Blue Mountains, so we're very far from the city. And where my dad grew up was pretty far from the city as well. Um, so I like to believe that that's my grandfather, <laughs> um, even though I never met him, but the way that I explained his silhouette and also his height, my dad's not a very tall man, uh, but the man leaning over the bar was quite tall. Um, but I like to think that was my grandfather and from confirmation from my mother, it probably was. Uh, she never met him either, uh, but from, from photos that she showed me, it looked pretty similar. I also told my dad the story and my dad is extremely skeptic. He doesn't believe in anything paranormal, no psychics, no Loch Ness monster, no nothing. Unless he sees it, he believes it. But when I told him that story, he was pretty speechless. He didn't really know how to deny it and he just nodded and sound, sounds like Dad was trying to get a beer or something like that. So um, that's my story. Thanks for having this forum for us. Um, you know, not a lot of people are very accepting of the paranormal world, but it's good to know that we have people like that. Um, thanks and I'll talk to you guys soon. And there you are. There are the Christmas ghost stories for this year. Now, as I was listening to the ghost stories along with all of you, I was actually thinking of something and I want to run it by all of you listening to me right now. I know I've said that this is an annual tradition. Not really, because we haven't done ghost stories for all six seasons of Paranormal Perception. So I can't really call it 
in annual tradition because we haven't done it every year, only the past three. But my question is, do you want to make this an annual tradition? Do you want us to every year do we already do it for, for the Halloween episode? But do you want to automatically know that the Christmas episode is going to be all ghost stories? Or would you like to hear us do something completely different for Christmas for next year and the year after that and so on and so forth? Let me know by email, henry at paranormalperception.show, henry at paranormalperception.show. Just say yay or nay. Yes, keep this an annual tradition or nah, do something different. Honestly, I'll give you my 20 cents. I would love to keep this tradition alive. Like I mentioned at the top of this episode, the reason why I do this is because this is what Christmas used to be back in the Victorian era in the 1800s. This is what people, this is how people celebrated Christmas by sharing ghost stories. It's a tradition that has gone away. It's Halloween, obviously, but I'd love to bring it back because, I mean, look at the name of the show, Paranormal Perception, but that's me. You let me know again, Henry at a paranormal perception dot show. Now, before we end the, the uh, Christmas episode, let's get a Christmas reading from Crystal Lorona, and then I'll be back to wrap up the episode. Do you hear what I hear? It's a Christmas reading from Crystal Lorona as we visit Crystal's world for Christmas 2023. Hi everyone. So we started off the holiday season with readings and healing guidance that really helps us deal with the added stress and anxiety of the season. So let's stick with that theme and work on a quick visit from some ghosts. Not evil or scary ghosts, but your own ghosts. Your ghosts of Christmas's past, present, and future Let's see what we can learn about ourselves and our own behaviors and patterns that shape our holiday experiences. Go ahead and close your eyes. Take a few deep and relaxing breaths in through your nose and then just release them out of your mouth. Imagine a time from the past. It can be long ago or recently, but a holiday memory that comes to mind, good or bad, happy or sad, Just the first holiday memory that is sticking out right now. We aren't staying here too long, so envision all that you can about this particular memory. What does it look like? Who is there? Use all your senses to see, feel, smell, and hear this memory. Overall, how does this memory make you feel? Now let that scene drift away from your vision and see yourself still with your eyes closed, but see yourself right now today in this very moment. Where are you and what does it look like? How does that memory from the past make you feel now? Do you feel content and satisfied with that holiday memory? Do you feel like there is anything you'd like to change about that memory? Negative or positive, the choices are here and the choices are yours to make in the sacred space of healing and meditation. Is there anything you'd like to change about that memory? You can always come back to this later if you need more time, but we do need to quickly move on into the future. 
with your eyes remained shut. See yourself in the future. It could be this holiday or another one later in the future. But I want you to see yourself with those changes that were made and are now in the future holiday, reliving a situation similar to that memory, but possibly much better or the same depending on what you decided to work on. Before you come back to this space to enjoy the rest of this paranormal perception episode, I want you to remember that you all have the ability and the gift of meditation and self-reflection. And no matter what has happened in the past, good or bad, you can use those abilities to relive wonderful moments from the past or to improve the results for your future. Now go ahead and gently open your eyes and ask yourself if you have some healing work to continue for yourself. Remember, you can always find me on Instagram to book your psychic readings and your healing appointments. Thank you for listening today. And until next time, have a magical Christmas, everyone. Follow Crystal on Instagram, crystals underscore world. Crystal Arona returns next week with the final reading for 2023. Welcome to Paralinked. This is the social media platform for paranormal engineers, investigators, and enthusiasts. Paralinked went live in 2023 with the mission to allow the collection of paranormal evidence throughout the globe. Join your new colleagues at Paralinked.com, and you will become part of the premier paranormal community. It is the definitive home for online paranormal studies and irrefutable paranormal evidence. So Christmas is over. Remember I kept telling you to get that one person on your list who is a paranormal enthusiast. Remember that I, to- I kept telling you to go to Alien Soda Company because you're going to find something exclusively theirs. Well, Christmas is over now, but Alien Soda Company, it's still there. And, you know, with a new year starting, you know what that means? Birthdays. We all have one. So for the birthday of that special someone on your list who... It's a paranormal enthusiast, pop culture enthusiast. You can find a variety of things like T-shirts, Hawaiian shirts, golf shirts, mouse pads, gaming mouse pads, shower curtains, coffee mugs. And yes, you can find the murder clowns of the apocalypse. Whether they like clowns or don't like clowns, you can get an exclusive acrylic print or something else. But only if you visit AlienSodaCompany.shop. And even though it's not the holidays anymore, you can still use coupon code PERCEPTION at checkout. It's going to get you 10% off your order. No matter what you buy, how many things you buy, use coupon code PERCEPTION at checkout and you get 10% off your order. But you can only use it until the end of 2023. So I'd hurry up and go to AlienSodaCompany.shop to use it. Alien Soda Company for all things out of this world. If you're tired of the endless scrolling and constant checking of your phone, then you're ready to lay your phone to rest. Introducing CoughPhoneCode.com, a coffin-shaped phone charger that lets you refresh your brain while your phone's battery recharges. The coffin-inspired charger has a plush, velvet bed inside and is available in a single plot, double plot, and the family plot, which fits up to four phones. You can choose a black walnut, white ash, and Baltic birch finish in either veneered or ebony. 
Visit CoughPhoneCo.com to pick your plot today. C-O-F-F-O-N-E.com. C-O-F-F-O-N-E.com. You don't have to bury your phone six feet under, but you can use this coffin-inspired phone charger to find more time for the things you really want to do. CoughPhoneCo.com. Lay your phone to rest. For many of you listening to me, this is relax time. That's part of the reasons why you're listening to or catching up on Paranormal Perception episodes and other things that you haven't had a chance to catch up to because of the crazy lives that we all live so for these two maybe three weeks if you're lucky that you get a chance to relax a little bit here's something fun if you're in the la area and you want to do something spooky even though it's not october or halloween go to american ghost walks and reserve a seat on the haunted la bus tour it takes you through through and you're going to learn all about some of the darker history of the city of angels you're going to stop at quite a few places including the bar, haunted, of course. So 21 and over is recommended, not required, recommended. If you do go and you're not 21, you just have to wait in the bus while everybody's at the bar. So 21 and over is recommended. You can book your seats at AmericanGhostWalks.com. And like I said, now that you have a little bit of time, do something spooky if you're in the L.A. area. AmericanGhostWalks.com for the haunted L.A. bus tour. And now... Back to Paranormal Perception and Christmas 2023. And that is 2023's Christmas episode for all of you. I really hope you enjoyed this year's ghost stories. Uh, Thank you to all of you who sent in the stories. Thank you to our guests, our staff also who uh, contributed stories this year. Next week, Crystal and me are going to close out season six of Paranormal Perception with something, another thing that's, I guess, becoming another show tradition, predictions at the end of the year. I may have a guest or two peek in and take a look at 2024. I say maybe because, as you know, it's the end of the year. A lot of people have been traveling for Christmas and they will still be away for New Year's. So they may not be available, but it's okay. It'll just be Crystal and myself if that's the case. But for sure, whether we have guests or not, I'm going to have Crystal do um, a live card reading. Well, It'll be live when we record it. When you guys hear it, it'll be played back. Obviously, it won't be live. But I'm going to have her do uh, the same reading she does every week for Crystal's World. But I'm going to, she doesn't like to do this, but I'm going to tell her to do a more general one um, and make it for not a person, not for me, not for the show, for all of us, for the year 2024. Let's see what the cards tell her. And you know Crystal. She's going to, if it's good, she'll tell us. If it's bad, she'll tell that. She'll tell us that too. So it should be interesting to see what, what, literally, what is in the cards for 2024. I'll have Crystal do that. And like I said, maybe I'll have some guests. Uh, if no one's available, then it'll, it'll just be us. But either way, come on back next week and uh, close out 2023 with us right here. But that's next Friday. This week and weekend, everybody have a happy Christmas safe travels if you're going to be doing some traveling and in case you're listening to this episode with some family or friends who don't like ghost stories on christmas tell them this song here perfect way to end it this is just for them this is a more merry way to close out the christmas episode we'll talk to you soon
Creations Multimedia LLC.